Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to prepare you for Sunday worship and beyond. Join Pastor Wright and myself as we look at the issues surrounding our church, Christian life, and the world at large through the lens of Scripture. Each week, we will be guided by the upcoming passages that will be read and preached on this week, seeking to invite you into a conversation about the Word of God for you. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. We're looking at the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany of our Lord. Our gospel lesson comes to us from St. Mark, the first chapter, and it's verses 21 through 28. Now, just a shameless plug, just yesterday we dropped a new type of Get Right for Sunday episode, a readings episode. It's got a red cover. And if you want to go back and listen to the readings for this week being read by Pastor Wright, you can go back and find that episode wherever you're listening to this and click on Readings for Epiphany 4 if you want to hear those readings read before we discuss them here in the podcast. Yes, we will have the emphasis on the gospel lesson, but all the readings will be touched upon in and through the podcast. I just think it's a, a good devotional practice, too, to listen for the listen to the texts that are going to be read in, in church in the week leading up to them. So I, I like that we're offering this now. I am, too. And it helps. I know for me, I get to live with the text. Mm-hmm. It's not just a academic exercise. Yeah. And I, I encourage you, dear listener, to do the same. Listen to the Word of God read to you and live with it. With that, the gospel is Jesus being Jesus. And I really like this. He walks into the synagogue, so he walks into church, and he starts teaching. And the people who listen to him teach are astonished at his teaching. That's verse 22. For he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Now, there's a interesting uh, statement in this. And the scribes, they're not ordained guys. They're not no. the Pharisees. They're not the priest. And when they taught, they could only appeal to what has been written. And so if you ask them a question, technically they themselves could not offer their opinion. And I know that that's like a, a really strict statement, and I'm pretty sure they did offer their opinion, but they didn't have the authority, technical authority to do that. They had to say, Rabbi so-and-so said this, or the tradition said this, right? and that's what all I have to offer. Which is a little bit different from, like, speaking from your own authority. Right. Uh, I guess the the example, and I don't know if this is a good one, that immediately comes to my head is uh, I was a lifeguard for a brief period of time. And, you know, when I would tell people, like, don't run, I'm not speaking from my own authority. I'm speaking from, like, these are the pool rules. Yeah. Uh, these are the, the rules of the pool. I'm just passing them on to you. I'm just letting you know what the pool rules are. I'm not saying don't run because, uh, like, that's an authority coming from myself. I'm passing on the, the pool rules to the kid that's going to slip and fall. No, I, I think that's a good analogy. The, the teachings do not come from the scribes. Yeah. The scribes are conveying the teachings and the, the rules, the laws, uh, the, the scriptures, as it has been immediately given to them. They don't get to add to it or apply it in any yeah. uh, given way, but just this is what 
my boss, the synagogue, the temple said. And then Jesus shows up and he teaches not like the scribes. He has something to say. He has an opinion uh, and he can apply God's word in such a manner that the scribes couldn't and, and the he, Pharisees didn't. Yeah, and he does this in a way that that people notice, I yes. guess. And it's not just, I don't think it's what he's saying. I think it's not just what he's saying. I mm. think it's how he's saying it too. Well, and it's not that he was this magnanimous speaker and he had this amazing way with words and people hung on every word. It's very much, he's doing something, like you said, he's doing something different. Yeah. Um, as we heard in the calling of Bartholomew Nathaniel, uh, Jesus is something different. And uh, Nathaniel says, Rabbi, well, I, I got a problem with this. And even in this text, and not that I have a problem with Jesus, but it's not like he went to rabbinical school. Yeah, not that we know of. <laughs> he didn't go to the seminary. He doesn't have the credentials. The... Well, because when you do that, mm -hmm. you're getting your authority from that that institution. That that institution is is loaning you, is giving you their authority. Right. Like I'm a vicar. I'm in seminary right now. Mm -hmm. When I graduate, the seminary is is giving me their seal of approval and saying we have trained him. Uh, he is he is ready to go out and to be your pastor. We've checked him. We've run him through all the hoops, made sure that he knows his Greek and Hebrew and all his theology and that he's not going to lead anyone wrong before we send him out. Right. And so when I go out, I have the authority of the seminary. I have the authority of, of the LCMS when I come into a congregation. Mm -hmm. And when I step in having no experience as a pastor on day one, <laughs> I'm completely borrowing their authority. Right. Um, and I'm completely borrowing the authority God has given me to be in that place. It's not my own authority. I have no experience. I have no relationship with these people. No authority of my own. Right. Completely gods, completely seminaries, LCMSs, etc. cetera, right. uh, that I'm relying on. Uh, and that's not what Jesus does here. Jesus is not doing that. He's not borrowing anyone else's authority to make these claims. Even Scripture's authority right. is not what he's borrowing. And that's what I love about this. He doesn't ask for permission. And on top of that, he doesn't come in swinging. Uh, you know, he doesn't attack the, the scribes and the Pharisees. Oh, these evil people, they're leading you astray. You know, follow me because I will do everything right, you know, and they're doing it wrong. No, he just walks in. And I would love to say he walks into his synagogue. <laughs> he walks into his church. He walks into his creation. And he teaches with the absolute authority. He doesn't have to have the approval of the seminary, the rabbinic school, or anything like that. And again, I want you to have this in your mind. This isn't done by force. He's not in a political coup. He's not trying to overthrow the, the scribes, the priest. He's not even trying to diminish them. And he, throughout his ministry, constantly stretches his hand out offering to teach them. They're the ones that close off. They're the ones that say, no, you're wrong, so on and so forth. But, Vicar, as you said, this was noticeably different. Yeah. And they were astonished. And I think this also, and this is just a side note for me, this shows that uh, we can't always rely on the old maxim, uh, what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. 
because Jesus gets to do things that we don't get to do yeah. because he's the son of God. Yep. Uh, Jesus speaks with authority in a way that I never will because Jesus speaks as the one from which authority comes. Right. He uh, is the authority. He is the authority. Uh, we've mentioned this, I think, before. Uh, when we say the word of God, a mm. lot of people think scripture, right. the Bible, and that's true. That's accurate. Uh, but in John, you'll also find that he refers to Jesus as the word of God. Jesus is the authority. The authority in, we place our, our, in which we place our trust um, is actually not scripture, which we primarily go to for authority, but Christ. Mm-hmm. And scripture comes out of that, but it's Christ which has full, actual, real authority. Well, and I, I've made the, the funny statement, Jesus is the only one without arrogance who can say, everything's about me. Yeah. The authority, my authority. The Bible, my Bible, my word, my so on and so forth. And uh, again, this is so contrary to what the people have seen and heard that they are astonished. Yeah. And what I love about this is even at that moment, they're astonished. What is this? This is something different. He's speaking in such a way and manner that we haven't heard. And then he proves it. Right. I love this because, and, and this really should come home and rest with us that it's good to speak a good game. Mm-hmm. We should speak about our faith. Yeah. We should be open about our struggles. We should be open about our confession. And we should be open about what we believe. But it should never stop there. Um, St. James, I love what he says. You see a man who is cold on the street and you tell him, Jesus loves you. That is wonderful. You should tell anybody and everybody that Jesus loves them. You should show them and reveal to them the gospel. But if you just walk off and let that guy (laughs) freeze to death, what did that confession do for him? Yeah. Nothing. Faith is not going to, to keep him warm. Right. So you give him a blanket, you give him a jack, you know, and, and now that's a sacrificial, merciful act, right? which again reflects what did God in Christ do? Merciful, sacrificial acts. And with that, we see this really interesting and frankly scary event. Yeah. So Jesus has already upturned the apple cart. People are wondering what this is. And then a demon shows up. Yep, a man with an unclean spirit walks into the synagogue and he cries out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Wow. And I, I, in the Gospel of St. Mark, you have Jesus being baptized. I think it's all of three verses, but the last verse is God the Father. You are my son. Yes. God the Father makes a claim. Uh, God the Father reveals that Jesus is God. And then this is the next time Jesus is pointed out, called out as holy, as God, as divine. And it comes from a demon. Yeah. And before we started this recording, I asked Vicar, What's a demon doing in church? (laughs) And I think that is fascinating. And we don't know the answer. Right. We haven't done the the research for that. And I don't know if anybody knows. Mm -hmm. 
but he makes a confession. This isn't a saving faith confession. It well, is once again we go back to James. James right. says even the demons right. uh, confess that he is God. That's not what we're talking about when right. we talk about That's fact. faith. That's fact, not faith. Yeah. And this is Jesus' chance to really put his word into action. I spoke with authority. I'm going to exercise that authority now. Right. And I, I think it's interesting. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. Now, just in my imagination, seeing this play out, I don't think Jesus yells. Yeah? I don't. Really? Yeah. I think he looks at him, stern, and again, he's speaking with authority. And I do think he speaks loud enough to be heard, but I don't think he yells. And I'm just thinking of this unclean spirit yelling and foaming at the mouth. And you can obviously see this is not a person in his right spirit, right mind, you know, so on and so forth. He's making a commotion. He's making a mess. And in calmness, Jesus speaks with authority, with power. Yeah. But it's not, I have to speak to be heard. Just speaking, this takes place. And the unclean spirit convulsing the man and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And this just shows the authority that Jesus was teaching with, mm-hmm. that he wasn't all talk. Right. That um, what Jesus says becomes what is, which is what the Word of God does. Yes. We see this like big, big in, deal. in creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus says, let there be light, and there is light. And then I the, think, yeah, the sun shows up four days later. Yeah. But but God spoke and it was. That's how that's how things work when God speaks. When God speaks, things happen. And uh, I think that's the authority Jesus is is preaching and teaching with here too. Leading mm-hmm. up to this is that he's speaking as if the words that he says are reality, right? And not just speaking about reality, but they are reality. And we see that happen in a crazy dramatic way when this demon, this unclean spirit comes into the synagogue and Jesus just says, as you said, not even yelling, be silent and come out of him. And it happens. Yep. Uh, the demon has no choice. They, he can't fight against this. That is the power and might of God in the spoken word and in the physical word and in the son of God, all in one right there acting. And I love the crowds or Mm -hmm. the people. And they were all amazed. So they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? A new teacher teaching with authority. That is a huge, huge, huge statement. And again, I I don't want to throw the scribes under the bus or the, the Pharisees, but they see this is something completely different. This word, this teaching, has teeth, so to speak. Yeah. There's really something behind it. Um, you know, I, I can get in the pulpit and make grand promises. I can move people to tears. I can move people to laughter. <laughs> uh, I can do so many things. Yeah. But can I speak things into, and I like what you really said, into reality? Um, I want to be and just for the sake of being silly, a billionaire. I know if I get on my bank account, I'm not going to see 
what is it, nine zeros for a billion? Oh, man. Not unless you go buy a Mega Millions ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because I spoke something. Right. Doesn't mean it happens. And we see that the people see this is something different. And well, and, and I want to go back to that, that uh, being amazed mm -hmm. because um, the connotation of this word, we think like amazed, like, wow, um, not necessarily. No, this is a scary kind of this thing. This is more like uh, alarmed. Yeah. Uh, just like you would probably be concerned if this happened. Yeah. Um, I don't think they know what to make of this yet. I think they know something just happened. Something that changes everything mm -hmm. has just happened. But I don't think they know what to do about it yet. Well, even with the demon claiming or pointing out, calling out Jesus, the Holy One of God. Yeah. That connection is not made. No, the, it's not. Yeah, you know, the people don't say, oh, here's the Messiah. We've been waiting for him. Everything's great. New well, teaching, authority, what do we do? And, you know, again, I'm pretty sure that they like the scribes. They like the Pharisees. Yeah. Those are the guys they know. And something new happens. And we don't like new things. We like the comfort of the old stuff, the tried and true. And Jesus is, well, first of all, he's correcting that. But he's also bringing out the fullness of what is lacking in the scribes and the Pharisees. He's the fulfillment yeah. of what they should have been teaching. Well, and if you want to know the type of thing Jesus was saying, go to some of his big sermons that mm -hmm. are recorded in the gospel. I think of of the Sermon on the Mount, which is oh, yeah. uh, Matthew 5 and following. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see what it looks like for Jesus to to speak with authority. You know, he begins by talking about um, blessed are, you know, and he, the poor in spirit, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. Um, and then he goes and he starts talking about, uh, you know, lust and anger and, uh, you know, if your eye is causing you to sin, pluck it out. And he's not saying this like, uh, well, you know, that's what these guys are saying. Like, he's saying it as God. Yeah. And, like, how does that hit for you? Um, you know, if you really take this as the authority that it is, maybe you, too, walk away alarmed. And, and I think we actually should be because it points to – it's definitely a mirror aspect it shows the depth of our sin and the joy of this, the, the true joy. We're not left there. Right. It's not the holiness of God comes to show you how bad you are. It is to show you how bad you are and how far God has gone to pull you out of the depths of your sin and your death. Look at what this man who has the unclean spirit he is rescued from this unclean spirit. Yeah. He's not cast out. Get him out of here. Don't touch him. Don't deal with him. But you actually see the word of God rescuing this man from the demon possession and, and the acts. And, and that's what we have. Not that we're demon possessed, but we're, we struggle with sin. We struggle with death. And those are the very things through the authority of the word of God, Jesus himself, we're saved and rescued from because this is new and it's only new in the sense that we can't do it right and it's his authority and it's the new life that's only found in him and to make the immediate application to what we do and where we are look at the confession and absolution 
It's called the preparatory rite to the divine service. Mm -hmm. It actually takes place outside of the chancel so that we, the church, can enter into the presence of God cleansed and forgiven. But what happens? The pastor stands by the command and in the stead of God himself, of Jesus. Yeah. And I, I love with all confidence saying, for his sake, by his authority, I therefore forgive you of all your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Right. Well, and that's the thing. You're not yep. you're not pulling exactly. on your own authority here. Right. This is not like pastor. He's gone to seminary, you know, all these things we were talking about earlier. That's not what authorizes you to do this. Right. Uh you're not drawing from your own authority. You're not drawing from your own experience. You're not drawing from your own education. Right. You are drawing straight from the authority that belongs to Christ alone. Mm -hmm. But you have been charged with bringing this authority to forgive sins to these people, to you, dear listener, uh, to receive the forgiveness of God for you by Christ's authority, by the authority of the one who, when he speaks, brings in reality. Right. When he says your sins are forgiven, when Christ says that, they really are. And that's what your pastor, your preacher is, is there to do, is to bring the authority, not of themselves, but of Christ to you, his words that make reality. And what great place, the church, to hear this. And this is the wonder, the, the joys of the liturgy, the hymnody, the preaching, the readings, it all points to God's authority, Christ's authority that is delivered to you to create this reality. Uh, Luther was really big about this because God said so. And this isn't, um, you know, as a, a parent, I, I've said it multiple times, my daughters, why can't I do this? Or why this? Because I said so, which sometimes is a lazy answer to just say, no, and move on. <laughs> but when God says, because I said so, that's his exercising of authority, yeah. power, might. And again, the reality, you are forgiven. Well, I don't feel forgiven. Well, too bad, you're forgiven. <laughs> and, and it really shows that my salvation is not dependent upon how I feel. My salvation isn't dependent upon how much I have done or haven't done. Right. It's dependent on what God says. Yes. And the the simple act or the simple statement of believe, it, it truly is simple. It doesn't mean it's easy. Right. We don't like free things. Uh, again, going back to the text, you you know these people, the, the astonishment, you know they're excited. Yeah. Um, we're, we're attracted to new things and shiny things, but what does that mean? And they ask that question, what is this? Should we follow? Should we be cautious? He's doing something that we haven't seen. We've heard about it in the Old Testament. We've seen prophets do this. Yeah. And we see this connection. What do we do with this? And dear listener, that should be our question. And it's a good question. What do you hear on Sunday? Do you leave that there at church? I heard a good word. And now I'm going to move on with my life and go back to struggling with bills, with work, with family? Or do we take this new reality that we have been brought into by the authority of Christ and live it out as we do continue to struggle with the daily issues and the daily life? 
And that reality, that new reality, it's our baptismal life. It's our sanctified life. And we get to live that out truly as an example for others. No matter how bad life is, and I mean that in the corruption of, uh, of the world, corruption of creation, we have the promise of the real reality of life everlasting in Christ. That doesn't mean that our life gets easy. It just means that we have hope even when the world tries to take it away yeah. or beat it out of us. No, we have hope beyond hope. And we have hope in what God has already said to you, for you, and upon you. Your sins are forgiven. Life is restored. Come and live. And you live that here, and you live that in eternity. Thank you for joining us for Get Right for Sunday. We hope that this has helped prepare you for Sunday and beyond. If you would like to join us for worship at Holy Cross Lutheran Church and School, our services are at 6 p.m. on Saturday and 8 and 9.45 a.m. on Sunday. The 8 a.m. service is live streamed on our Facebook page and our website. If you have enjoyed being a part of this conversation, please share this podcast so that others may benefit as well. Feel free to contact Vicar Leeper and myself with any questions, comments, or concerns. We can be reached at getrightforsunday, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope that you'll join us again next week to Get Right for Sunday again.